So what happened? So what happened? What what happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page? Well, first, mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have 100% proof. And then I, when they took it down uh, about three weeks ago, and then I'm moving it back up, my personal, I put it. It was a Mike, uh, thank you very much. Mike, Mike I, you're talking about machines uh, that, that we at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of uh, those kinds of allegations. We just want to let people know that there's nothing substantive that we've seen. And let me read you something there. While there were some clear evidence of some cases of vote fraud and election irregularities, the election results in every state were certified and Newsmax accepts the results as legal and final, the courts have also supported that view. So right, we so, wanted so to talk to you about canceling culture, if you will. We don't want to relitigate the, the, the uh, allegations that you're making, Mike, because we, we, we understand where you are. So let me ask you this. Do you think that this should be temporary because it appears to be permanent? Could you make an argument that it is temporary? What? <laughs> could you make an argument that this could be a temporary banning rather than permanent? No, I want it to be a permanent because you know what? They did this because I'm revealing all the evidence on Friday of all the election fraud with these machines. So I'm sorry if you okay. think it's not uh, Mike, I, I, if, Can I ask our producers, can we uh, get out of here, please? Uh, I, I don't want to have to keep going over this. Actually, we at Newsmax have not been able wait, to verify wait, any of those wait, allegations. Wait, wait, Mike, okay. hold on you a second. Everybody hold on a second. Mike, Mike, hold on one second. Uh, let's talk a little bit about just what is happening overall in terms of censorship. Like of trying to cancel out my company and myself okay. in this country is cancel culture. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing tonight out there in uh, the interwebs and interspheres of the internet? Hope you guys are doing well tonight. And uh, you're uh, ready for another show. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is The C Report, and I am your host, Mr. C. And I'll be uh, live with you guys for the next couple of hours, going through some uh, news items and... Um, Eh, stuff like that. You you guys know what to expect come the C-Report. Hope everyone's having a great night. We are live on the foxhole.app. We are also live on pill.net, Twitch, and CloudHub. Yes, so uh, yeah, what a way to start the show off, right? I actually promised that to a viewer out there. Oh man, this must have been sometime during the week end. The weekend, yes. I had mentioned the whole uh, news mask with uh, Mike Lindell, because uh, I remember when I had heard about it, I actually hadn't seen it at that time. But yeah, uh, talk about laying it down, ladies and gentlemen. 
uh, and not for uh, not for the United States of America, not for the Constitution, not for the love of humanity. News mask. That's why we call them news mask in these parts. Uh, very blatant, very very blatant. And uh, poor Mr. Lindell. I mean, it was it was actually kind of funny. I mean, like the entire. Um, uh, you know, like Mike Lindell, like going to town, like just like how do you, there was no telling what he was saying. Like, how could you question this? You know, it was a fraud. You saw it with your own eyes. Uh, and I don't know if that's what he said, but uh, man, just <laughs> so animated in that muted square on his TV. It was um, it, it's an interesting watch for sure. But uh, news mask reveals who they are. And you guys probably saw that uh, the female reporter there also just like making faces like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this. Or like, no, you can't do that. Fun stuff. The times we are a living in. Hope everyone's doing well tonight. Yes, uh, you got to Mr. C twice today. Ah, it's just something I'm trying out uh, for any of you who are here during the afternoon show. Uh, it, it was, uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. Stuck to just about an hour. I said I would, so I, I made every attempt to. But uh, fun to have you along then. And we're back for the Monday night show, of course, uh, to uh, talk to you all about some of today's headlines. Actually, you know, I mean, considering that we just played Mike Lindell, one would think that naturally tonight's report might contain Mike Lindell. Uh, but no, it, it does not. I just, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really... Uh, Want to come out here and say a whole bunch. You guys know how I feel about news mask. Of course, they still have um, information, but I, you know, they are more on par with Fox phone news. I would have to say, uh, I kind of think about some of the um, uh, big, big uh, talking heads over there at uh, Fox, aside from, you know, of course, like Tucker, who, who honestly, I think has his own set of problems, but I mean, uh, that's neither here nor there, you know, for the time being, he'll have to, uh, deal with that at his own time and leisure, I'm sure. But, um, <clears throat> oh, like Judge Janine, though, you know what I mean? And uh, I qualify it because we will actually jump into a little bit of the uh, January 6th false flag riots. Uh, not just because President Trump mentions it in one of his statements today, he um, had some more to say about January 6th. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, the reaction to the riot, you know, you know, everything that they did with it, you know, everything that they did with it. And uh, basically, you know, it's almost like, um, I don't know, November 3rd, Election Day 2020 was the day when uh, all of the players of the, um, you know, the dark side there just showed their faces, you know, like they shot all the Jedis. They... <laughs> They went all. They went after all the masters of the force. They killed the children. It was the day the republic died. Yeah, all the uh, all the conservative mainstream media news outlets showed who they are. They removed their news mask. Ah, uh, pun intended. Yeah, I mean Judge Janine, for example. Like I saw her because uh, I used to really like to watch Janine. Judge, my name's Judge. Judge Janine. But man, she went in on Patriots like she could not wait for the trial and all the evidence. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, Janine, 
I was like, I understand, you know, I had, I had long time conservative friends who were Trump supporters, but they were more of the kind of Trump supporters because he was Republican and not because he was trying to save America. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, I guess those would be rhinos. I guess rhinos come in, uh, rhinos come in, uh, <laughs> rhinos come in like, you know, the, the playground variety, you know, your neighbors, your, uh, schoolmates, your workmates, whatever. Yeah. I guess those could be rhinos too. That makes sense. But, um, yeah, they were like, after the riot, the false flag one I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> on January 6th, after that, they were like, how dare you support that and support a man who incited this uh, sad and sickening day in American history. And I'm like, do you even know what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, seriously, now, do you even know what's going on? Anyways, uh all of the pundits in faux news and abroad, they dropped their mask that day and they showed the world and they showed, um, American awake, American, uh, you know, citizens, patriots, people, brothers, sisters, family, mothers, you know, lovers, whatever you want to call them. We're all, we're all in the same family in the end, but, uh, showed, they showed them who they really were. And isn't it interesting how about, I don't know, what are we? A month shy of a year from that day, right? Less than a month. People still turn to Fox News, faux news, and all that. Even though we saw it with our own eyes. They gave away Virginia. They gave away Arizona. I mean, they're the ones who told us all the counts were stopping. So who knows? Maybe in California they were still counting past 10 p.m. at night. <laughs> or 1030 or whatever time it was. I remember uh, watching uh, the elections at night. Uh, but anyhow, uh, that little uh, rant's just uh, inspired by the uh, Lindell footage. A, a, friend in, a friend in the chat room had asked about it. I mentioned it and they're like, I want to see it. And then, you know, conversation and uh, sorry, buddy, but there you go. It's a good reminder, though. I mean, especially for those who haven't seen it, you know, uh, that that actually happened. And it was, I mean, it's almost cartoonish. It's almost cartoonish. It's pretty bad. But there's News Mask, ladies and gentlemen. What are we talking about tonight? I'm sure inquiring minds want to know. Uh, yes, we'll do a teeny bit of a recap of the uh, Save America rally on Saturday. Very good rally. Good speakers. Uh, we're going to take a look at Mark Fincham tonight. Uh, I didn't get to catch his speech live there on Saturday. And, uh, I strongly support Mark Fincham, even though he represents Arizona or, is, uh, and is trying to, uh, get elected into the secretary of state position. Good man. Good man. You know, he's running a lot of good initiatives for election, uh, integrity and election security. So uh, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Keep that spotlight on him, please, because that light is his protection. And uh, he can move forward with what he's uh, trying to accomplish. Uh, Marionette Miller Meeks, ladies and gentlemen, spoke at uh, the um, rally on Saturday. I quite enjoyed Marionette's speech. Um, was not what I was expecting, but uh, that is good. May expectations ever, ever be defied. Uh, so, you know, I thought, you know, well, 
in my opinion, she has one of the most or one of the more interesting stories in like, you know, election fraud history. I've kind of mentioned it before. You know, she won her race by six votes, like six votes. Like that's like so close, you know. And uh, because of that, you know, her seat was contested by her opponent, of course. I think they had like two or three recounts just of that race. District District 2, Iowa. Anyway, so since then, you know, uh, I, I think that's about the extent of when I uh, first met Marionette Miller-Meeks, you know, probably about March or May. I mean, March or April of this year. Had heard the name. What a peculiar name, Marionette Miller-Meeks. But um, <laughs> almost fun to say. But uh, what do you call it? Uh, we had um, her speaking at the rally. Uh, she's, she's, you know, I mean, she kind of reminds me of the kind of person, and I should probably just stop already, right? <laughs> that you could just pick up and put her in your pocket. Like, that's Marionette Miller-Meeks. Um, very, very unassuming and quiet-seeming uh, representative for District 2 of Iowa is full of fire. Full of fire. But... You know, uh, since I was already kind of uh, curious about this Marionette Miller-Meeks, I was calling her Marianne at the beginning of the uh, show on Saturday, but it's Marionette. Um, I thought we would uh, take a little look at Marionette, call it the C-Report Exposé on Marionette Miller-Meeks. She's, she's actually uh, interesting. I mean, uh, some of the things that we'll talk about, you know, in regards to what she supports and uh, some other things... I'm pretty sure will cause a lot of you guys to question her. I don't doubt it. In fact, I do myself, but that's what part of this is. After all, she is um, very much so a Trump supporter um, and very much so uh, America First supporter, but there's still some things that cause a little bit of question. So I think that'll be fun to dive into. And then uh, this is an interesting story here. I don't know if you guys found out about what was going on in Idaho between the governor and the lieutenant governor. I wonder how this is going to play out. Um, and I wonder why the lieutenant governor is doing what she's doing. Like, I get it, but I don't know. I don't know if it's at some detriment to, like, patriots um, or if she is just trying to, uh, you know, kind of uh, etch her name into the history books of, you know, election and uh, local government, you know, uh, legislation, state houses, for Idaho. Very interesting story. We will take a look. And there will be a couple of other things that we'll talk about today. Very, very relaxed, very easy report tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys enjoy and thank you again for joining us over at Twitch, at CloutHub, and of course at the foxhole.app and pill.net. Let me see what's going on in there before we get underway. Good evening, Just V. Good to see you. Groucho, too. Hello. Has CNN rebranded as Newsmask? One would think, sir. <laughs> One would think. <clears throat> Something about the owner of Newsmask as well, guys, uh, is worth questioning. Um, Just V never trusted Newsmask. Neither did. Well, you know, I trusted them up until that point. Well, I should say election night. You know, like they saw all the fraud we saw. They damn damn well nearly reported on all the damn near well things that we reported on. So what gives Newsmask? What gives? They're like, we just opened up as a news organization. We can't face a billion dollar lawsuit from Dominion. Because that's exactly what was happening to them. And uh, well, all I can say is other people have stood 
up to those charges that Dominion laid on them. So I don't, uh, I don't understand, Newsmask. I don't understand. You could have stood right there and stood your ground based on what you reported and based on what you saw and understood, but didn't. Veronique, how are you doing tonight? Finally, a dose of Mr. C. Good evening, Veronique. Good to see you. Nat Hendy, good to see you as well. Evening, beautiful souls, and happy future Thanksgiving. All right. Yes, on the day of Canada's Thanksgiving is the day of our future Thanksgiving. And therefore, <laughs> America wins again. Uh, and today's also Columbus Day. I think Skeeter Burke reminded me of that a little bit earlier this afternoon. So happy Columbus Day. I'm pretty sure uh, I'm surprised there are no uh, articles of, uh, you know, Columbus statues burning down and uh, being uh, sh smashed in, in enmity. <laughs> Nat Handy, thank you for the gold pills. Thank you so much. It's rhino hunting season, just be. Veronique, the saddest part is that we can't trust the Justice Department for a fair investigation. Indeed, I would not trust the Justice Department for anything at this day and time, particularly if your son is a critical race theory peddling little like humanity snakes oilman, uh, oil salesman. No, thank you, Garland. But seriously, though, yeah. I, I was trying to remember when there was a Justice Department that could be trusted. Uh, but it, it, my memory fails me on uh, who was in uh, during President Trump's time. Probably someone that I uh, know, but uh, Anka Vanka, good to see you, Anka Vanka. How are you doing? Hope you don't mind me uh, stepping into your um, your uh, chat earlier while whilst you were repairing or uh, testing out your show. Everything sound good on my end, though. I can tell you that for sure. So if that helps, glad to help. And uh, let's see. Tam Gral, good evening. How are you doing? Sherry Pittsburgh, good to see you. Aurelius Locke, my brother, where have you been, sir? Good to see you, sir. Glad you're back. Hope you're well. Uh, Casual GG, good evening, Casual GG. Great to see you in the chat room tonight, as always. And uh, happy Indigenous American Day. Oh, that's, we got three holidays today, guys, today. Three holidays. Uh, cat, cat tax, CD tax lady. Wait. Nah, I think I got CD tax audio. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you for gifting the cookie, though. Lady. CD tax lady, right? I think I got it. Anka, thank you for the cookie. You're sweet. And uh, awesomeness. Great, 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 guys. All right. Well, I will uh, carry on into tonight's report. Like I said, nice and easy peasy tonight. Of course, we'll be starting with President Trump's um, um, notes. Oh, notes. Press releases. Statements. Memos. Verbal communications. Hello, world. It's President Trump. Here we go. All right, first one. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I like this one, guys. I really, really, really like this one, guys. Okay, now, uh, some of y'all might have uh, heard about this here statement. Uh, this here statement from President Trump addresses a very specific member of the Texas House, uh, and that is a Speaker Dade Filon, or Filon, sorry, I, I pronounce it like a, a an Hispanic. Uh, Texas Speaker of the House Dade Phelan is another Mitch McConnell, 
he's not fighting for the people of Texas. Speaker Phelan should immediately move the forensic audit bill, Senate Bill 47, by Senator Betancourt that passed out of the state Senate this week to the floor. The Speaker knows the bill will overwhelmingly pass the House with Republican support. While standing in the way of a real election audit, Speaker Phelan just weakened the penalty for voting illegally in the state of Texas from a felony to a misdemeanor, siding with the Democrats and calling their amendment that makes a mockery of our election laws thoughtful. After the 2020 presidential election scam, we need tougher penalties for cheating in our elections, not weaker ones. And Texans, Texans are tired of Phelan's weak rhino leadership in the state house. Texas is a very red state, even more than people know. If this doesn't pass soon, we look forward to seeing him in the Texas primary. It will get done one way or another. So, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, President Trump calling out the Speaker of the Texas House, Dade Phelan. Okay, the guy who is effectively keeping this audit bill from moving onto the House floor. Most terrible. And uh, I'm glad he did it, but uh, I'm glad it, it keeps the audit in the spotlight for Texas guys. Because uh, as you know, uh, it is going to be a sham audit. You know, I'm sure for all of the parameters that they lay out, it will be satisfactory. But that's according to their standard and list. We have a different standard. And our standard is the gold standard of forensic audits, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I don't think I need to say the name of the company that I believe would be most effective at performing this type of an audit. I mean, it's only four counties. I mean, they're not even as populous as, you know, um, as populous as Maricopa was. So uh, I don't see why we can't just do it and get a third party vendor. We don't need the state checking the state's work. And uh, with the uh, severe Secretary of State, you know, damage in this uh, state of Texas, uh, I think uh, we should not leave it up to a broken office to fulfill that mission. I think you all would agree with me on that. At least get a canvas in. I mean, come on. We need the canvas. It's the canvas, not the count. We've been over this. Okay. All right. So uh, President Trump put Dade Phelan on the national stage. Let's see if he um, feels any pressure. Uh, but uh, excellent. Keep that in the spotlight. And uh, Texans, we got to get a hold of our people. Next statement from President Trump. Biden has rejected our request to withhold White House information from the House Unselect Committee investigating the January 6th protest but has not taken a stance on the insurrection that took place on November 3rd, often referred to as the crime of the century. This will put the current White House in a terrible position when the inevitable request for information comes concerning the massive corruption by Hunter Biden and the already well-documented crimes committed by the Biden family the least of which are Hunter's paintings selling for as much as $500,000 a piece. With our country collapsing, with our military disgraced, with our borders um, non-existent, when will the American people have had enough? 
A question a lot of us are asking out there, when is enough enough? I couldn't tell you, ladies and gentlemen, from what I understand about human beings, they are pretty resilient and they can take a lot of damage before they decide to go ahead and ask for help. With that said, hopefully that time is quickly approaching. Why do humans have to be so damn tough? And they got to put up with every injustice their government throws upon them until they get to their limit. Humans. All right. Next. Um, and I think this is the final statement from President Trump. The highly partisan unselect committee is just a sideshow. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> To distract America from massive failures by the Biden Democrats and uh, and Biden himself. What happened to the Capitol would have never happened if the people in charge did their job and looked at the intelligence. They abandoned the officers on the ground, just like Biden abandoned Americans in Afghanistan. Instead of holding bad leaders accountable, the Democrats are going after innocent staffers and attacking the Constitution. Why is the just-released bombshell January 6th whistleblower report being ignored by the mainstream media? Based on this high-ranking Capitol Police officer's report, officials' report, these partisan hearings must stop at once. This is yet another continuation of the radical left's witch hunt led by shifty Adam Schiff and his crew who misled America on Russia, 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 the perfect Ukraine phone call, the Mueller report scam, and so much else. Now, Shifty, who couldn't get a job with the administration, is at it again. Radical left Democrats are rapidly destroying America. Decertify! <laughs> Decertify. Good evening, Deplora Laura. How are you doing? Uh huh. Uh yeah. Uh, Capitol Police official report whistleblower. No wonder that dude from uh, the log cabin. Um, what were they called again? Those log cabin Republicans that uh, are, are banning together against. Uh, oh 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 wait, Lincoln Park. Not the. <laughs> not. <laughs> not the band. <laughs> oh my goodness! Too funny. Uh, yeah, they said it's over. It's dead in the water. So I don't know. Maybe they're still uh, holding out. Maybe that's why Shifty Shift has to uh, come up with a new battle plan there. And uh, yeah, so uh, again, the uh, Capitol riots, top of the mind, and uh, it will be at least there partially so tonight. Uh, President Trump did release a statement in regards to one Ashley Babbitt. Um. I was going to play this at the head of the show, and uh, I opted to play the Mike Lindell. Uh, but let's uh, let's see what President Trump had to say about Ashley Babbitt. I believe today was her birthday. If so, you know, celebration of life. Happy birthday to she. Um, well, let's see what the president had to say. Tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Uh, and for those of you on the podcast side of things, uh, just switching out the screens. Don't mind me so we can get this Ashley Babbitt um, message played for the friends and the folks a-watching. Here we go. Hey, Ashley. 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 Hey, Ashley
It is my great honor to address each of you gathered today to cherish the memory of Ashley Babbitt, a truly incredible person. To Ashley's family and friends, please know that her memory will live on in our hearts for all time. Ashley served our country in the United States Air Force for 14 years, where she was a security forces airman and eventually went on to achieve the rank of senior airman. She defended our nation overseas, including in Iraq, to fight in the war on terror. On that horrible day of January 6th, Ashley arrived at the United States Capitol innocent. She was shot and tragically killed. Today would have been her birthday. Happy birthday, Ashley. Happy birthday. We're looking at you, and you're looking down on your family and on us. My heart and the hearts of millions of Americans across the country are with everyone, everyone who knew and loved her. I especially want to express my great sympathy to Ashley's loving husband, Aaron, and her wonderful mother, Mickey. I spoke to both of them. These are great people. Together, we grieve her terrible loss. There was no reason Ashley should have lost her life that day. We must all demand justice for Ashley and her family. So on this solemn occasion, as we celebrate her life, we renew our call for a fair and nonpartisan investigation into the death of Ashley Babbitt. I offer my unwavering support to Ashley's family and call on the Department of Justice to reopen its investigation into her death on January 6th. Like all Americans, you deserve a fair process, you deserve answers, and you deserve justice. Thank you for being here. God bless you. God bless Ashley's incredible memory. And God bless America. All right, there you go. May justice be served is all I have to say. Um, all of the uh, s different stories aside that surround um, the death of Ashley Babbitt and the occurrences of that day, keeping in mind, of course, it was a false flag. Um, yes, indeed, uh, may justice be served. And uh, I'm sure that'll serve its uh, purpose in the end uh, because, well, we got to know what really happened. So in that regard, glad to hear that and uh, most definitely uh, put that on the shoulders of those who are trying to do this Justice for J6 commission. Put that on their shoulders. Uh, he's, uh, I would say, injecting, most definitely injecting into the subconscious of uh, whomever might be watching where this is broadcasted. And by that, I mean by way of uh, mainstream channels, not independents. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I would say he's making sure that that stays somewhere near consciousness, somewhere near consciousness. So if they try and move any more forward with this justice for J6 joke, well, they'll beg them to ask that question. Why aren't you reopening that case? And uh, why, is, um, why is a supposed, what, serviceman, bodyguard, probably a hired contractor, <laughs> can get away with uh, committing those crimes of murder that we saw. All right. 
All right. So uh, let's see here what we've got next before we move on. Good evening, everyone. Again, Plant Patriot, good evening. Happy to see you very much. Thumper Rose, good evening. Glad to see you all in the chat room tonight and hope you're having a great evening. Plant Patriot, thank you so much. Uh, saved a cookie for you. Appreciate that very much. Thank you for your generous donation, friend. Tam Grell with the can <laughs> milk for your cookies. Thank you so much. And another cookie from Nat Hendy. Oh, we got some cookies. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, CD Tax Lady <laughs> and Anka Banka. Uh, thank you so much, friends. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so uh, with all of this uh, fear and commotion that's coming out of this uh, false flag riot, you know, uh, I would say the, um, the genuinely manufactured fear and uh, PTSD that's coming out of Justice for January 6th uh, has, you know, the, the liberal left or the left-leaning liberals, the um, people in that neck of the woods seem to be able to just get away with, uh, you know, crying wolf or just crying in general, complaining about anything that they don't like. Of course, we've known this forever. Uh, we know how they handled the false flag riots, right? We know that there was a lot more to that, and uh, perhaps that's why that'll shut down soon. But I'm thinking again about like the reactions of the uh, senators and representatives, whatever have you, inside of the Capitol during J6. Remember, they were all running and putting on gas masks and I don't know what else they were doing, putting their dresses over their heads. <laughs> but uh, that still translate. To today, it's, it translates forward, of course, especially where, you know, right wing conservatives or, uh, you know, uh, far right domestic terrorists are concerned, conservatives, Republicans, MAGA people, Save America, you know, constitutionalist liberals, I mean, liberals, li libertarians, dare I say, uh, you know, but um, it seems that now with this uh, latest rally that President Trump had, the Save America in De uh, Des Moines, Iowa, they've gotten a little bit more apprehensive, okay? Because, it, it, you know, prior to, they could attack President Trump for all that they wanted to, and they could smear his character, et cetera, et cetera. And they have, you know, they continue to call him a liar, you know. Uh, but for some reason, and I don't know what it is about this group of uh, supporters that came out and gave a speech at President uh, Trump or at the Save America for Save America First rally, <laughs> uh, the reporters were a bit more apprehensive. The mainstream media people, the legacy news, those outlets, those venues, the controlled ones, highly, uh, they they didn't take a good liking to this group of speakers, and we've had plenty of great speakers at a, a, a Trump rally, you know, Vernon Jones, uh, uh, Wendy Rogers, and Carrie Lake. Those are just uh, coming to the top of my head right there. But, uh, you know, we've had several who I think they would probably place in the same caliber. So I just, I just think that perhaps they's just really, really scared now because um, I guess uh, everything that they've ridiculed President Trump for and all of their numerous articles and news reports, etc. Um, it's spilling over into the candidates into because some of these are candidates, some of these are representatives already elected. But um, yeah, 
you know, there was an article that had come out, uh, I believe that was just yesterday, um, in regards to the Iowa rally and uh, how it was considered alarming. It was uh, damn near frightening for them, I'm sure. And who did we have at the Iowa rally speaking? Uh, we had uh, Senator Grassley. We had um, uh, Governor Kim Reynolds. We had uh, Representative Marionette Miller-Meeks, Ashley Hinson. Mark Fincham spoke. Now, I can understand being afraid of a Trump-Fincham combo. I mean, after all, Fincham is, uh, he's been riding on that um, election integrity and security from the jump. I mean, the only reason why he was on Capitol grounds on January 6th is because he was in transit to deliver the uh, electoral slate alternative list to the floor that they were, uh, you know, debating on uh, which way to proceed forward. We don't know all of the details, I guess, just yet, unless uh, you were watching C-SPAN that day. <laughs> Maybe you do, uh, but uh, not me, sir. I was uh, busy on the outside of the Capitol. Anyhow, uh, so those are the speakers, right? Uh, but um, the article about this, um, um, you know, uh, publishing the alarming rally that occurred on Iowa, uh, it had to do with the speakers, not with President Trump per se. You know, they could smash him, they could crash him, they could trash him all that they want. But I don't know, something about these speakers. Uh, one, The writer of one of these articles uh, by the name of Obedala, uh, said, you don't need to be a historian to recognize the danger in a political party showing blind loyalty to one person. These GOP elected officials just several months ago rightly criticized Trump and his role in the false election claims that led to the January 6th attack. With their presence at this rally this weekend, it seems they've now changed their tune. Okay, so... I really don't recall Mark Fincham blaming this on President Trump back in January. Uh, he was uh, kind of distracted with his own legal battle, which had to do with defamation and libel against him because uh, the news in Arizona and abroad was calling him an insurrectionist and uh, trying to get him removed. And he was merely there to deliver the electoral alternate list to the floor. So yeah, Mark Fincham... I, I call lies. I call that uh, an opportunistic um, uh, lie, gaslighting, sleight of hand, right? Marionette Miller-Meeks, okay, well, I, I had to look back into that and see what Marionette's role was in this. And she was actually in the house on the floor on January 6th uh, debating about, you know, uh, the constitutionality of what was progressing in the house and... Uh, we got clips. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely say this is a lie. They're using the uh, the group group gang, you know, uh, think and uh, intimidation against President Trump and probably anyone who uh, sides with him. I, I would if I were like, you know, Fincham or Meeks and I remembered my position at the time, I would definitely question them, but uh, challenge it. But then again, I mean, where's that retraction going to go? in some archive somewhere. No one will ever see it. That is how that goes. But um, so uh, Mark Fincham, let's get to Mark Fincham. He was there. He was present. 
at the rally, Save America. Did not get to see his speech. We're going to watch it tonight. And, uh, you know, this guy, big fan, big fan. Uh, remember the story, of course, his Capitol, Capitol Day right, false flag story. And uh, he's been fighting and very vocal for election integrity and security from day one. So uh, how this article can get that wrong or lump him into that category of rhino, I don't know. Uh, this man's also running for Secretary of State in the state of Arizona. That is uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I would definitely vote for him if I were in Arizona. But uh, it's not just a cowboy hat, ladies and gentlemen. It's, uh, it's the um, support and uh, the amount of pressure he's exerted where he's been able to in order to ensure these things move forward. And uh, his uh, dedication to his oath and to his constituents, I think, are probably some of the shining qualities that I like about this man. Aside from the fact that, of course, he wears a bolo tie. Nah, just kidding. I don't own any bolo ties. But uh, he has, he is also uh, the man behind the, the face, the body, I don't know, the spirit, the soul behind the ballot, um, ballot integrity project, which of course will see a federal ballot. I'm sure it'll count for municipal and state level ballots as well, but a, uh, a ballot that across the board will be uh, secure and counterfeit proof. Now, um, I think there's like something like 10 points of security measures on that ballot. So uh, whatever they did, and we know what they did at this point, right? Printing duplicate ballots, uh, <laughs> printing, uh, printing um, um, fake uh, approval stamps, just a little bit ahead of time. Come on, Arizona. How'd they get so sloppy, right? Man, they thought no one was going to count those ballots. That's why uh, Texas physical ballots and a canvas need to be observed and documented. Good job on your chain of custody, though, Texas. Proud of you. Better than what we can say about Arizona and Georgia and uh, Michigan and uh, Wisconsin. But come on, Texas, get it together. We are not stupid. We see what is going on here. This is kind of like we're in that era right now where we can see what's going on. Um, okay, so without that uh, going on too much longer, let's uh, check out what Mark Fincham had to say at the rally. Um, and uh, again, this is causing concern for uh, Democrats, progressive, uh, left-leaning liberals in the media and beyond because uh, we have people who are victims of the cult of personality who can't think for themselves and they are just blindly following this man. <laughs> All right, guys, here we go. Hope you guys enjoy. I know I will. I ask, what's a guy from Arizona doing on the stage in Iowa? It seems a bit odd that a desert honey badger would find himself amongst all this green. To make a long story short, I suppose I'm here because I stood up with a handful of courageous colleagues in response to public requests, like many of you, they wanted their, their representatives to listen to them. They wanted to have a public hearing on election integrity. So I stood up, right? I stood up to demand accountability over an election that for years Democrats actually warned us would be corrupted. They said that nations hostile to the United States would one day 
engage in cyber warfare against our way of life using our elections. Well, the political elite, elite class in Arizona and the fake news media cartel, they don't like me so much. Oh, well. Funny thing about that one, though, when you hear the left invoke conspiracy, sometimes the facts actually support that. In fact, most of the time they do. And when the Arizona Senate was attacked for just viciously about holding an audit, the mere fact that they would ask a question, since when did you give up the idea that you could hold government accountable? I don't remember hearing anybody say that. So as Steve Bannon says, we have the receipts and there is unfinished business in Maricopa County. We are still waiting on the routers and the router logs and the kinematic artifact review of paper. So look forward to a supplemental report someday. But the evidence has been presented and the findings are clear. Maricopa County 2020 election was so full of discrepancies and crimes that it cannot consi be considered reliable. In spite of the hand count, they've made a big deal about the hand count, by the way. But after all, if you have $1,100 bills and you have within that group 170 fakes, counterfeits, and you count them all at the end of the day, how many bills do you have? A thousand bills. That's, that means a hand count doesn't mean a whole lot. That's why audits are so important. So Dr. Peter Navarro, how many of you watch uh, War Room, right? Peter Navarro, by the way, is an American treasure. Dr. Navarro has said many times, it's the canvas, it's not the count. So ignorance is a poison. And at the same time, it's a prison. I, for one, choose not to ignore that which is so obvious as the nose on my face. Kurt Tuchowski, a German Jew, many years ago said, a country is not just what it does, it's what it tolerates. How much are you gonna tolerate? I, for one, I'm not gonna tolerate people lying to me. So grassroots leaders around the nation, I believe some here even in Iowa, have begun to ask about audits, not just of the systems, not just of machines, but also voter rolls, because there are these things called fictitious voters. Yeah, counterfeits but they're counterfeit people. So you should all be very proud of your legislators and your governor here in this state. They got legislation across the finish line that consolidated the election to four days. That is one of the biggest moves in your state that will stop fraud that could have happened. So Tucker Carlson said something about a year ago that I, I don't know if everybody caught, but he said, you know, typically Americans complain about politicians who make promises and don't execute on them. But now we've got a president who made promises and he is executing and people complain. Doesn't make much sense, does it? Well, it depends on who the people are that are complaining. So perhaps the greatest gift that Donald Trump gave us wasn't his administration. It was the fact that he was able to pull the curtain back and reveal the rot and the self-serving and the corruption in Washington, D.C. Your consent to be governed goes hand in hand with your right to examine, audit, question your government. 
But the left would tell you, oh, wait a minute. Audits undermine your confidence in the election. Seriously? No. What undermines it is the fact that we have hundreds of thousands of fictitious voters in the system. We have ballots that nobody knows where they came from. So with all the evidence, I think the Lord's got a message here on this whole audit thing, don't you? With all the evidence of incompetence and criminality that's been presented to the Arizona Senate, to Congress, and now to the Arizona Attorney General, the Maricopa County 2020 election cannot be allowed to stand. It must be decertified and set aside. But wait, there's more. I love it when I say that. But wait, there's more. If you'll go to votefincham.com, that's V-O-T-E-F-I-N-C-H-E-M.com, there's a button at the top that calls for an audit of Pima County. That is the second most populous county in the state of Arizona, where we had a whistleblower who sent an email, not just to the DOJ, but to every single legislator saying, there's 34, 35,000 fictitious voters, and they've been inserted in the system where you'll never find them. Well, we believe we found them. So when it's all said and done, when the work is complete, by removing the fraud, Donald Trump won. Right? So my precious time here is over. Oh, I got something better for you to chant, will you? Can you give me a round of let's go, Brandon? Thank you. That's where the Let's Go Brandon uh, chant came from. Man, I just barely missed that. All right. Well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, they're afraid. Be afraid, uh, legacy media. Be afraid, fake news, because um, they can go spreading their lies all they want, their lies of omission, their their lies of a point of view, their false point of view, their uh, reverse projection, Right. They can most definitely do that all that they want with President Trump. But when you get other people going up there and telling them exactly what's what and what happened, uh, man, that that gets a little bit harder. And uh, I imagined uh, I imagine Saturday we're going to see a lot of the same at the next uh, Save America rally. And we're going to have what? Matthew DiPerno? Yo, yeah. If I were the deep state, I would not want Matthew DiPerno talking in front of a crowd of, what, 50, 60,000 Americans who are paying attention? Oh, hell no. You know how many of those by a percent might have missed the story of the Antrim, Michigan uh, audit? I mean, 
far be it to say, I'm pretty sure that there's people in the Michigan state in their own backyard that may not have heard everything there is to hear about the Michigan Antrim County forensic audit case that Matthew DiPerno fought so hard for. So yeah, start start demonizing those speakers now, legacy media. Start, uh, start whopping on them because they're going to be spilling a lot of juicy juice, a lot of that sweet tea. Some of that beautiful green bean footage <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, we're going to have Christina Caramo there. Oh, you think she's not going to call out Jocelyn Benson? You think that Secretary of Snakes isn't going to be like with her ear to the door trying to figure out what the heck Christina Caramo is going to say about her now? To 50 or 60,000 plus Americans who are paying attention? Oh, no. Well... I think they started their campaign a little bit too late. They should have probably started at least a week or two ago. But we'll see how it goes. I am looking forward to it either way. And we will be here live on Saturday covering that here at Mr. CTV, Mr. C Channel. It's a uh, part of our uh, Save America Watch Party effort <laughs> where you too can join us in the fun. I would have to say the uh, funnest room to be in is definitely over at the foxhole.app or pill.net. But uh, come as you are where you will, but bring your snacks because it'll be a fun time. Like always, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's go on to our next story. That's going to take us right over to this one here. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the ever unassuming Marionette Miller Meeks. Now that's quite a name. And I've said it once, I'll say it again. Personally, I would not trust anyone with the name of Marionette, particularly in government. But nevertheless, this unassuming um, representative from the state of Iowa has held her ground quite fastidiously uh, over the past, what, five to six years uh, she was elected to a District 2 representative in the state of Iowa when uh, the 2020 presidential election was occurring. Now, as you might gather, in this very tense um, election climate with all of these uh, accusations and conspiracy theories about you know, fraudulent voting and election fraud and Trump winning. You would think that the Democrats would try to keep a consistent story. Now, that was not the case with Marionette Miller-Meeks, of course. As a Republican winning the District 2 congressional seat in Iowa, uh, she came under a lot of opposition from her opponent, Rita Hart, and uh, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats called election fraud on the marionette Miller Meeks Rita Hart um, election race in Iowa. And they had recounts. And there you go. There you go. Yes. Go, Brandon. Let's go. Brandon, we're going. So uh, anyways. Marionette uh, was at the um, Save America rally in Iowa, did great job. Now, if I were not afraid of Marionette Miller Meeks before the rally on Saturday, I would be now. Let's see. Uh, let's see how she handled it.
Good evening, Iowa. It is great to be with you here tonight. You know, two days ago, I went to the place I go for breakfast just about every morning, my favorite fast food restaurant. I went up and ordered. And when I paid, I took out my change out of my little change purse. And the young lady said to me, that's a really nice change purse. And I gave it to her. It says Jerusalem on it. I was filling my soda and she came over and said to me, thank you so much. That meant so much to me. I'm a Christian. When in America do we have to be shy or hide our faith and our belief in God? And when in America do we have to worry that our president is going to demand that private enterprise suppress our speech? And when in America do you have to be worried about being labeled a domestic terrorist because you go to a school board meeting to talk about critical race theory? And when in America are you worried that your federal government will attack your state's voter ID laws? Our Constitution is here to protect us from an overreaching federal government, to protect our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But this administration and this president has proven incapable of addressing the challenges of today and protecting our rights. Just look at what's happening. We have inflation and economic crisis. And guess what? Apparently, Friday's job numbers are the fault of those who are unvaccinated, not the president's. And we have a border crisis. You heard from Representative Ashley Henson about what's happening at the border. And it's a travesty what's happening at the border now. And we need to build that wall and we need to test everybody for COVID-19 that comes across that border. And we have a pandemic crisis. You know, this administration thought they had a cakewalk. They got three proven vaccines from President Donald J. Trump and Operation War Speed, and they still bundled the botch to roll out of the vaccine. And we lastly have a Middle East crisis, which has left to a crisis of trust. Nowhere has the crisis of trust been more obvious than the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. How many of you are veterans out there? Thank you for your service. And as a 24-year military veteran, for the first time in my life, this time we never learned from the past. We again botched a withdrawal. We lost a war that we had won military. We lost it politically because of incompetence and ineptitude. And let's hope it was only that. We betrayed our allies. We have betrayed our coalition partners. We walked away from Bagram Air Base. We walked away from $85 billion worth of military equipment that your tax dollars paid for. We lost our counterterrorism offensive. And mostly, mostly we lost the lives of 13 service men and women that never needed to be sacrificed for a photo op at 9-11. After 9-11, we said we would never forget. And after Vietnam, and I'm a Vietnam-era veteran, 
We said we would leave no American behind. But this president and the Democrat Party have forgotten, and they have left Americans behind. And as a 24-year military veteran, I'm not just passionate about this issue, I am outraged. And because of that, I have asked for the resignation of Secretary Blinken, Secretary of Defense Austin, National Security Advisor Sullivan, and General Milley. And I have asked for President Biden to step down as Commander-in-Chief. My favorite cowboy philosopher, Will Rogers, said, there are three kinds of men. Now, if you're a snowflake, cover your ears. There are three kinds of men. Some learn by reading. A few learn by observation. And the rest got to pee on the electric fence and find out for themselves. How many crises will it take? And how many times do the Democrat and the president have to pee on the electric fence until they learn that equity is the equal sharing of misery? You can't tax and spend your way to prosperity. Socialism does not work. And we, we, you, we will leave no American behind. So in 2022, you have to help me. You have to help us. We have to gain a majority in the House. We have to gain a majority in the Senate. We got to fire Schumer and Pelosi. We have got to make sure that the buck stops at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So let me end by saying, go Hawks, beat Penn State. God bless you. God bless Iowa. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, where are we at? Awesome, guys. What did you think about Miller Meeks? Did you guys get to see her during the rally? Pretty good. Pretty good. I really enjoyed that. Uh, before we jump into that, though, again, uh, thank you all for joining us out there. Twitch, Clout Hub, the Foxhole app, and also Pill.net. You, you guys are all great. Uh, thank you for the donations coming in over at Foxhole and Pill.net. I appreciate you guys. Saw a few of these... Uh, uh, glowing yellow boxes <laughs> two in the pink thank you so much for gifting the shades awesomeness uh, actually to be honest i am i am not familiar with who john gruden is but uh from the looks of your sentence i think he'll be happy moving out of the bay area mm, i would too would not want to be there very dangerous very uh antifa <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, yes, see, uh, what else? I saw another one in here somewhere. I just wanted to say thanks real quick. Uh, yes, 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 let's go, Brandon. We know where that comes from. NASCAR, interview, side of the road. F Joe Biden, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> 
it's it's quite taken the land by storm. It's always interesting seeing the uh, the counterpart to the uh, not the counterpart. I guess the what well, I guess could be a, considered a counterpart in opposites, right? To the zeitgeist. Anyways, interesting to see what people catch on to. Uh, loving nature, donating twelve hundred and nine gold pills. Thank you. Thanks for bringing the news professionally, Mr. C, and your laughs, too. It makes me smile. Oh, I appreciate that, loving nature. Just here doing what I do. Just here doing what I do. And enjoying it, I might add. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I may play the Let's Go Brandon thing. Uh, maybe we'll do it on In the Dark, just to have some fun. There you go. And uh, Bruce, ba hey, Bruce Banner, what's going on, Bruce? How are you doing tonight? If you're still out there, thank you for gifting the shades. Hey, Mr. C, long time no see. Good to see you, brother. You too, sir. Thanks for popping in and saying hello. Much appreciated. Ah, yeah, still hanging out, still hanging. Thumper Rose is here as well. Y'all boy, death, what's up? How is it going? Uh, always in Texas. Good evening. I want to make sure I didn't miss too many people in the chat. It's uh, moving on. Pilled by the rabbit. Good to see you, sir. Welcome back. Saw you a little bit earlier. So let me tell you what, man, uh, Pilled by the Rabbit earlier this morning when I was getting uh, my first report of the day together, I was going down a lot of rabbit holes. I did that with uh, that one and also the uh, Secretaries of State story that I did on Sunday for Lone Star News. <whistles> a lot of rabbit holes, kind of scary, but uh, we'll see where they lead. Tombstone, good evening. I think I've said hello to just about everyone who's popped in. P.N., good to see you, ma'am. Welcome, welcome. And of course, Mr. Bloralora over at Twitch and uh, everyone else gathered over there. Now, Marionette Miller Meeks. Uh, you know, again, someone that not many people are familiar with. Now, she has a very unassuming, I don't think it's critical to say a mousy looking, mice are cute in my opinion. Okay, mice are cute. <laughs> quietish um but you know so a little bit about her talking about marionette miller meeks because i kind of feel like she may end up playing a bigger role on the national stage for some reason I, it may not even be a huge role it may not be like speaker of the house or something i doubt that seriously but uh uh she'll have more uh she'll have more face time i don't know she'll she'll develop and this is kind of what I'm feeling with Marionette. So I thought we would go through her a little bit. Uh, her, her most well-known story is her 2020 race against Rita Hart. And uh, as we've shared before, indeed a race that was um, called by six counted votes, only six votes, very close. It's kind of what uh, got her name into the national stage. She was doing some stuff before that. Trust me. Because uh, I remember running across her name maybe once before, but very briefly. And I just thought, huh, Marionette, I bet she's a rhino. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, District 2 representative in Iowa. Um, there's uh, some call for question. Now, for example, as I said, with this article uh, that is uh, talking points for the left and uh, the progressive type, socialist, communist, um, to be concerned about the circle of uh, political Trump supporters who are blindly following him. And then, of course, they made that notation at the end that uh, uh, the people who were supporting him at the rally, in fact, were against him after the January 6th Capitol false flag riots. 
And we know now that that's not the case with Fincham. Um, now, Marionette Miller Meeks, though, I had to ask the question. And in doing so, I was like, let's just dig into Marionette a little bit tonight. Because I think another important thing to uh, understand, uh, and, and, and I know most of us all do understand this to a point, like, regardless of whom uh, is supported or endorsed by President Trump, um, that does not mean that we should not remove that uh, investigative eye, you know, or uh, keep our ears and our guts perked up to some type of question that might need to be asked. I mean, uh, look at the Texas legislature. They get greeted as being like, oh, for the people. But uh, if you know better, you know better. But that's just the way it has to be. That's the way it should be, in fact. And that's not to say don't trust humanity. Um, now, I know, I know that exists in this world. Um, and, uh, well, I guess I'll save my remarks on that topic. But, you know, to be 100% clear, and uh, also like to, to kind of like illustrate, I like Marionette Miller Meeks. I trust Marionette Miller Meeks at this point. Some of what we're going to go through might rightfully so cause others to distrust Marionette Miller Meeks. Indeed, that is what begs the question, who is Marionette Miller Meeks? Indeed. Now, in answer to the question about uh, where she stood in regards to her support for President Trump and what happened during the January 6th false flag Capitol riots, uh, what was her position? Well, again, like I said earlier, she was actually on the uh, House floor and uh, they were in the process, according to her, of debating over the constitutionality of what was happening in regards to the Electoral College, the alternative slates, um, Vice President Mike Pence and uh, what his constitutional obligations and or, you know, abilities were during such a uh, crisis, which I would definitely say it was a crisis. And then, of course, the riot false flag happened and they whisked all of the um, uh, representative senators away to their safety. Marionette was on the floor. Now, that article suggests that uh, she did not support President Trump at all after, um, after that riot occurred. And uh, so I found this clip of Marionette. It's a little more than five minutes long. Being interviewed about her viewpoint, um, how she felt, what was going on. And uh, this is during the Capitol false flag riot. Okay, like this is she's hiding at this point in the video. And uh, she's being interviewed with, I guess, uh, constituents from her state, radio stations, reporters, etc. Um I would just, the only thing I would from this is take note of how her answers progress towards the end of the interviews. There's just like three or four different uh, venues ask her questions. Um, I don't know. There were some weird parts about this, but at the same time, I mean, Marionette, it was live and in person. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know if it was really a riot. They didn't know if it was really Trump supporters. They did not know if it was uh, undercover CIA, FBI, Capitol Police, et al., hired contractors, 
you know, they didn't know what that was, you know, uh, um, agent provocateur, um, <laughs> Antifa, Black Lives Matter and Proud Boy members. I mean, come on. This whole thing was rigged against the American people and the Constitution and uh, those whom they fought for that day. Here's Marionette Miller Meeks on the floor. Mm, so, uh, one part of this is kind of creepy. Anyways, uh, I don't know, something about it, but here we go. Very much for inquiring about uh, uh, our safety here at the Capitol. Um, this is a sad day for all of us. Um, we're trying to do the work and the business of the people and answer very important constitutional questions. Um, thank you for inquiring uh, whether uh, myself and my staff are safe. We are safe. Uh, we are sheltered in place. Um, and, you know, our message to people would be that uh, just like the social unrest over the summer, um, I'm strongly in support of the constitutional right to protest and protesting should be peaceful. Hallie, uh, you know, should not, should not be breaching buildings or storming the Capitol. Um, it is, you know, very frightening. People need to be safe in their workplaces. Um, and it's been a frightening uh, thing for members, but people are remaining calm. The Capitol Police uh, have done an outstanding job. Uh, and uh, we would strongly encourage people to disperse and to peacefully protest uh, in another uh, part of the Capitol or the Capitol grounds. We'll open it up to questions. Congresswoman, this is Erin Moynihan with KCCI. Thank you so much for taking time. Wondering if you could um, just kind of describe the mood there, what, what's happening, what you're feeling, what you're seeing. Were you on the floor when all this kind of um, unfolded? Um, I was on the floor and we were uh, going through the debate um, on uh, the objection to uh, the electors from Arizona. Um, you know, it was very noisy. There was a lot of chatter. Um, and other than that, I'm not going to describe. I think um, there are events going on, as you see on other news channels, but certainly people are concerned. Uh, you know, that people are, um, you know, they're angry, they're frustrated, they're disappointed. All of that's understandable, uh, as we saw social unrest over the summer. Um, but there are proper ways to do that uh, and proper ways to, uh, to protest. Uh, so it's certainly frightening for members. Uh, large crowds and large groups can be very frightening and unsettling, but people here are safe. The Capitol Police have done a tremendous job in uh, ensuring that people are safe. And I think it's incumbent on all of us to, uh, you know, to ask people to disperse, to leave the Capitol grounds, and you know, to let us get back to the business of uh, trying to resolve these very important constitutional issues. Congresswoman, we've heard um, this, what we're seeing today qualified as anarchy, as domestic terrorism. How do you qualify what we're seeing today at the Capitol? Well, I, I certainly think that uh, when uh, large groups of people become unruly and they uh, you know, destroy buildings, they uh, violate security, uh, that all of us are concerned whether these activities uh, would constitute anarchy. But again, I would just say that I strongly favor, I, you know, I was in the military, um, I served our country, I swore an oath to the Constitution, and with that is a constitutional right to assemble and to peacefully protest. 
I support people peacefully protesting now, just as I did over the summer, but it should be done in a peaceful fashion. A peaceful fashion. Uh, people can be, um, you know, engaged. They can be passionate, but it should not rise to to the level of destroying property. Representative, this is Stephen Gruber Miller with the Des Moines Register. Uh, does the president need to do more to, uh, you know, as you said, tell people to go home, uh, have things remain calm? And, and does he bear any responsibility for, um, you know, getting people, uh, you know, upset about this outcome? Well, I certainly think that uh, that it is incumbent upon the president and even the vice president uh, to ask people to disperse, to leave the Capitol grounds, uh, to, uh, you know, to decry and uh, denounce uh, any violent activities uh, that are going on uh, on the Capitol grounds. Uh, and, and, you know, over the summer they did uh, similar things. But yes, I think it's incumbent upon the president and the vice president to do so. Um, I, my understanding is that they have recently sent out messages uh, to that effect, and I certainly would encourage them to continue to do that and to do more so that people um, leave uh, the Capitol grounds uh, and continue to protest, con continue to, you know, make uh, their disappointment and their concerns uh, and their concerns about, uh, you know, our liberties and our constitution and our form of government. Uh, there is a way to do that. It is accorded to them in the constitution and it should be done in a peaceful uh, fashion. And I cannot emphasize that enough. And I think to have those same uh, messages come from our uh, vice president and president would certainly be uh, encouraged, uh, and I would strongly encourage them and recommend that they do so. Uh, Representative, this is uh, Travis Breeze with uh, KWWL. Um, how do you think, you know, when you guys do resume, um, how is the mood going to change? Or, or do you expect people to be civil in the Congress chambers? Uh, I'm I mean, how do you think this is going to play out when the session does resume? I, I think, you know, this morning or this afternoon when we uh, began uh, this afternoon, it was very civil uh, um, on uh, both sides, uh, both uh, parties. Uh, it was a very civil engagement. I think the mood is going to be very somber. Um, I think many of us see this as, um, as a sad day in our democracy. So I think that the mood will be somber. But again, I would strongly encourage people to protest. I understand their frustration. I understand their anger, just as I did over the summer. But there are ways to do that. Uh, and it also protects those liberties of all of us going forward. This is a great country. We have a great republic and a great democracy. And we want to maintain that for not only 2021 and this year, but for generations to come. All right, we have time for one more question. This is Brian Tadic with KCRG. I was wondering, um, after everything unfolded, where did they take you? Have you personally reached out? I'm sorry, I lost you. Have I personally reached out to who? Hey, Austin, if he's, he can't take it, we'd like the last question. Yeah, yeah Zach, we'll take the last question here. 
this is Zach Smith with the Iowa City Press Citizen. Uh, the president said that he will, uh, quote, never concede that the peaceful transfer of power is, quote, the country being destroyed. You've supported the president up until this point. Do you continue to support the president in this last chapter of his presidency? I, I think I issued a statement yesterday. One of, uh, to certify the electors on the basis of what I believe is constitutional principles both in Article 1, Section 2, both in Amendment 12, both in the Electoral College Act of 1887. And I uh, will continue to support uh, that the electors should be certified and that would uh, install um, Vice President Joe Biden or President-elect Joe Biden as our president on January 20th. And again, would encourage uh, both the president and the vice president to come out, condemn any violence, ask people to peacefully protest and just disperse from the Capitol grounds so the business of the people can take place. And that was Marionette Miller-Meeks, ladies and gentlemen. Marionette Miller-Meeks. Uh, did you guys notice how, like I said, as each interview progressed, her, um, her phrasing, you know, kind of elevated. It, it elevated every time. It went from, uh, and also there was like that glitch, right, when she said this. She's all... Um, I believe that people have the right to, to protest. I believe they have the right to gather and, uh, you know, to, to come out and talk about their thing. And then, you know, there was like a cut and then it's all, uh, but you do so peacefully. I don't know. It went, uh, it escalated pretty quick. And then at the end, of course, it went from this belief in ability to protest to, uh, you know, President Trump needs to call him back and stuff like that. I don't think that necessarily shows her disagreement with, President Trump as if to say it were his fault. I don't think that shows that. Um, all she was saying was that it's uh, their responsibility to, you know, at least try and quell that to some point. However, ladies and gentlemen, and might I add, uh, just by um, checking out some of what we got going on the chat, actually, I think uh, some points of view very much worth presenting. Um, uh, we have one of the uh, members of the audience, P. Ann, says, um, I live in Iowa in her district. I voted for her. She has done some shady things since. I pray she has seen the light. And I think that's a very, very, um, you know, valid point uh, in regards to every one of our elected officials, even those whom seem to have that favor or that grace of, uh, of fighting for what it is that we the American people are also fighting for, for what we still believe and know of what our country is. You know, we have to vet them, even if they are President Trump endorsed, you know. Uh, at this point in the game, she is up for re-election. Has she received President Trump's endorsement? Not yet. Okay. Now, like I said, prior to the entire Rita Hart, Marionette Miller-Meeks uh, election debacle, um, didn't hear much or know anything really about Marionette. Always uh, seemed more on the soft-spoken side, in my opinion. Oops, sorry, guys. Do I have an echo? Let me see. Oops, sorry, guys. I don't got an echo, Thumper Rose. <laughs> well, I might have. I don't know. You guys give me a five-by-five five if everything's good. Uh, but now, as I was saying... I'm pretty sure I would have gotten the message from another uh, source out there. Uh, 
but as I, oh, unless you mean I'm echoing my points, Thumper. Aha, good one. Good one. Good one, Thumper. <laughs> but as I was saying, um, you, you have to vet all of them. Uh, trust, but uh, verify, as they say. And none are more so important than those who are part of the same political party. And I say that because, like I said, um, while that um, while that interview didn't necessarily show that she was standing against Trump and he was to blame for the Capital Six false flag riot, she did certify the vote and she stood by that certification. That would be yes, the vote that got Biden in as the illegitimate president that he is. So that would be question number one. I think uh, question number two. And uh, we are going to do a little bit of the digging, Mrs. Pian. And uh, by the way, uh, good evening to uh, the Speak and Easy. How you doing, sir? Saw you there, Shanjo. Thank you for the cookie. And uh, Mermaid Miss K, good evening and thank you for the can. Appreciate it, ma'am. You guys are amazing. Tam Grau, how you doing? All right. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, things that we may not like necessarily about Marionette Miller-Meeks. Now, she is... She is a doctor, okay? And uh, something that we might not find too agreeable about one Marionette Miller-Meeks is that, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, as a doctor also, she has administered COVID-19 vaccines to her constituents. Okay, now, keep in mind, guys, keep in mind, this is uh, at the beginning of the entire Corona thing. She believes in the science. She believes in the science is what she says and what the CDC says. So right away, one would have to ask, well, what the hell, Marionette? What side of history do you stand on? Um, and what side of the line are you towing? Now, again, in the context of her January 6th false flag riot interviews, um, whisked off the floor by, uh, I'm sure, you know, a capital security uh not knowing what's really going on out there. Is it in fact the uh, Trump supporters coming to get their blood because they are done with uh, America and they're ready to reboot it themselves? Or is it a false flag and it's all a big old fake show just intended to um, boost their emotions and whatever uh, point of view that they might have on that day, right? What is the psyop being played here? For someone in her position, I would say she could not know on that day, and yet she is still having to give live interviews during that moment. Understandable, in my opinion. The fear that was thrown over all of America at the beginning of the plant pandemic, at the beginning of this genuinely manufactured virus coming out and showing its ugly face, understandable. Uh, President Trump in office pushing Operation Warp Speed, uh, talking about the good work they're doing with the pharmaceutical companies and the federal government and getting this life-saving vaccine to people. As a doctor, um, it, it seems that Marionette Miller-Meeks never asked that question, which, I mean, if you're not going to ask questions about your natural, um, you know, profession, are you going to dig any deeper as a representative of the people? Now, like I said, guys, I still like her. I still trust her. But this, these are facts of her past. Okay. 
So uh, there you see Miss Marionette Miller Meeks there injecting one of her or, uh, one of her friends, one of her constituents with, um, you know, I don't know what family of vaccine that was. Was it the vaccine or was it the uh, gene therapy uh, serum being uh, jabbed into that woman's arm? I couldn't tell you. But uh, like I said, that is a part of her history. Now, to be absolutely fair, I did go hunting for articles that were published anywhere within the last week to a month um, about her stance on the vaccination and also her stance on, um, you know, um, overreaching mandates on vaccines. Uh, there was nothing to be found. Maybe that's still to come. So at this point in time, I don't know where she stands on the issue with all of the knowledge and all of the uh, information that has spilled out has seeped its way out of the confines, suppression, and censorship of the internet. I don't know where she stands. Um, when she was making that injection, that was like, what, back in like, I don't know, maybe March of this year is what the photo was from. But she is, uh, she advocates the vaccine. She recommends that her constituents should get it. Um, and that was as of, I think, latest March or April of 2021, Okay. Now, in May of 2021, um, Miss uh, Marionette Miller-Meeks was uh, actually at war with the United States House of Representatives because they were fining her $500 every time she went into Congress without her mask on. And as a doctor, she was not going to wear her mask. So it's like she's getting some of her, you know, princess points back, right? <laughs> She said in a statement, I'm going to follow the science, not Nancy Pelosi. Miller Meeks taking it out on Nancy Pelosi via Twitter. Go on, Marionette, with your bad self. Miller Meeks and Representatives Brian Mast of Florida and Beth Van Dyne of Texas each received $500 docked from their congressional salary Every time they broke the mask rule, didn't get a total count. I think I left off at three with Marionette. Um, and uh, yeah, so she um, she definitely does oppose masks. <laughs> but I think, I think it'd be now that she's had her time on stage during the Save America rally, I'm sure more people will start asking questions. That's what we're doing here at the Sea Report right now. We're asking the question about Marionette Miller-Meeks. Oh, oh. Let's see if this doesn't leave a lasting impression, though. I have this video clip for you here. I don't know. Uh, Marionette Miller-Meeks campaign might, uh, might, might rather I not share such a video, but we're going to share it anyways. Now, like I said, guys, this comes from the start of the pandemic when the vaccines were just being issued. Uh, we're talking like Operation Warp Speed. So um, go easy on her, but if you don't want to, you don't have to go in on her if you if you want to, particularly if you're in her state. I, I would uh, much rather uh, take the word of individuals that actually work in or live in her district or in her state than the mainstream media. It's probably a better source of info. Uh, but here's Representative Marianne, uh, Marianette Miller-Meeks explaining why she got vaccinated. It's probably going to leave a sour taste in our mouths but it's okay. Uh, let's see what she's gonna say. As a doctor, I made the decision to get vaccinated against COVID-19. I know the facts, and I think it was the right choice to make. As more Americans are vaccinated, we can get back to the things that are important to us, 
embracing family and friends, getting our economy back on track, getting our lives back to normal. Each available vaccine is safe and effective. Each vaccine was tested on tens of thousands of people, and we continue to monitor the vaccines every day to ensure they are safe. To get these vaccines to Americans as quickly as possible, they cut red tape, not safety corners. While I am a doctor, I am also a Republican member of Congress, and I fully respect that this is your decision to make. Talk to your doctor, get all the information you need, and decide which vaccine is best for you. The one thing we can all agree on, America needs to get back to being America again. Okay. Uh, it's like, Marionette, you work for the World Economic Forum or something, girl? Is that what you're doing, Marionette? You are a pretty good vaccine salesman. Mm, you're right up there with uh, Boris Johnson, Marionette. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, okay, her saving grace here, ladies and gentlemen, is she did say, uh, like near on the last, what, 15 seconds, it is your right to decide whether or not you should get the vaccine. At least she said that the first time I watched this video, I did not even hear that. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Okay, so as a doctor, as a scientist, I believe the science, but girl, data has changed. And so I think uh, it behooves you to also change your opinion, particularly if you're on what the front line of this. Now, again, like I said, guys, this was uh, early on. Let me see if the don't tell me this was published just yesterday, May 4th, 2021. Okay. Okay. By now, October, 2021, she really has no excuse. All right. The least I can say, or maybe the most I can say is that she, uh, supports election integrity and the audits, a little factoid that, um, the people of that uh, liberal article would probably not have you believe. Hi, no, not hello. Who are you? Get off my screen, sir. Um, sorry, podcast audience. I had a, uh, I had a, a stowaway come forward on my, uh, computer screen. Let's get, let's get back to Marionette here. Marionette Miller Meeks. Marionette, Marionette. Okay, there we go. So uh, as I was saying, yeah, that is where she is. You know, um, right now in October, she should know better. Someone needs to uh, get her on the phone and ask her that question, regardless of the uh, regardless of the support for election integrity, which to me is the most important thing right now, is supporting our elections and our First Amendment. Um. Second Amendment, I think, is still okay for now, but don't forget, we saw what happened in Saguache County, Colorado. You know, any city, any municipality can try and slip in uh, emergency power overreach mandates at any point in time. So um, there you go. Well, that's with Marionette Miller Meeks. Now, like I said, she's got some stuff working against her. Hopefully, she has seen the light of day. Hopefully, she uh, has seen the information. Hopefully, we can gather where she takes her stand, right? That's what this is about. Trust, but verify, right? Trust, but verify. She is a big big Trump supporter. She was down at the border. She was here in Texas, came twice. I didn't pull a clip on that. Maybe I should have, but uh, she, she had some words to say down on the border. And, um, you know, that's not the only opposition that uh, she has faced, though, like I said, you know, 
when she was uh, going in to be the District 2 representative in Iowa, 2020 election, highly contested, uh, you know, um, crybaby Dems about uh, the, you know, conservatives um, challenging the election. Her election gets challenged as the rep- the Republican representative victor of her district. The Democrats challenge her election. She's been through it too. Here's a here's a good article from Newsmask, right? Newsmask, uh-huh. Newsmask will House Dems override Powell precedent and not seat certified Iowa to winner. Certified Marionette Miller Meeks. There you go. There's the winner. <laughs> There's the winner. Article goes on to say more than 39, three, 390,000 plus votes in the second district have been counted and recounted. And Republican Marionette Miller Meeks was finally certified by the state as the winner by six votes. But Democrat Rita Hart is not giving up. Last week, the 2018 Democrat nominee for Lieutenant Governor and 2020 opponent to Miller Meeks filed a petition with the White House Administration Committee claiming that 22 votes she insists were unlawfully excluded in the counting actually gave her victory. So now the question is increasingly, will House Democrats vote to deny Miller Meeks a seat when the new Congress convenes on January 6th and she is sworn in? That article coming to us uh, back on December 27th. That's my uh, sister's uh, birthday. Interesting. One of my sister's birthday. I think it's December 27th. Yeah, December 27th sounds about right. Anyways, so uh, yeah, you know, that was in December. Dems are threatening her. Rita Hart. Uh, Here's Rita Hart. They make it too easy, ladies and gentlemen. Look at Rita Hart. There's good old Rita, Rita Hart. Now, Rita, of course, contesting the election all the way to double recounts, okay? And um, threatening, threatening, threatening. This is Marionette Miller Meek's arc nemesis, politically speaking. Rita Hart, okay, gave her some grief back in December. And then I know you guys want to keep looking at this, this, this beautiful shiny mug, right, Rita? Then Rita comes back. Boom. Article from the Gateway Pundit dated March 4th, 2021. Marionette Miller Meeks's arc rival returns to uh, be that thorn in her side. Insurrection. The headline reads, Democrats are now trying to steal Iowa Republicans' House seat. How they were able to block the arena doors in Philly and count out a million votes for Joe Biden? What's stopping them from stealing a United States House of Representatives seat in Iowa? That's right. Marionette Miller Meeks wins by six. And here come the Dems. Uh, um, Rita Hart was like, oh, yeah, we got a majority. Oh, yeah. We're not a minority. And then what does she say? Nancy, Nancy, can you help me get this seat? Come on, Nancy. Give me a little bit of help here. It says here, uh, Nancy Pelosi was predicted to pick up five to 15 congressional seats this year, according to uh, faux news figures. 
Faux is definitely spreading that little uh, subliminal, subconscious, uh, little um, Easter egg in the heart and minds of everyone else, right? There's their, there's their predictive programming. That's your polls and your fake pundits. Fox News, faux news, right? Said Nancy Pelosi, 5 to 15 congressional seats. Instead, Republicans flipped more than 14 seats. Down ticket flip. But President Trump supposedly loses. Right. That makes a whole lot of sense. We don't want a Republican leader. We just want a Republican uh, body of lawmakers. So again, here, of course, the pollsters were wrong. So now, uh, weeks after the election, Democrats are hoping to toss Representative Marionette Miller-Meeks from office. They used to call this an insurrection back in December, January, right? Not anymore. But uh, that's basically what you had going on here. It was happening. It ends up getting denied. Obviously, Marionette is still on the main stage representing her district the best way she knows how. Hey, Marionette, what's up? <laughs> uh, you guys are probably not expecting to see this much of Marionette Miller Meeks tonight, but you won't forget her name today. After today, <laughs> you will not forget her story. But, I mean, hey, she's one to watch. I mean, I know President Trump has her by her side. You know, was she endorsed? She might have been endorsed. God, too many President Trump statements coming out these days. But that's not a bad thing. I quite enjoy uh, reading the squirms and the squabbles of the uh, mainstream media fake news legacy venues out there. Don't tell me President Trump endorsed her. He might have, actually, since she is up for re-election. Nope, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I'm sure he'll give it to her soon, especially after her fiery performance at the Save America rally. Okay. Trust but verify. Someone to keep an eye on, you know? Someone to keep an eye on. Someone's got to ask her the question, right? How do you feel about vaccines? And can you clarify your stance on election integrity? I think those would be two very important questions to ask her. Um, and the last thing to share about Marionette and her, um, where she stands. You know, we're trying to get, um, we're trying to get a feel for her. We're trying to, uh, you know, gauge her temperature. We're trying to detect you know, what direction this woman is headed. So um, last last thing to share about Marionette Miller-Meeks, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, in regards to one of the bills that she attempted to pass in um, the Iowa State Legislature. And uh, that actually had to do with uh, COVID passports. COVID passports. And basically, um, oh, I take it back. I apologize. COVID passports is coming up. Next story. She was actually um, trying to pass a bill that would require illegal immigrants or migrants, if you want to call them that. It would require them to be tested for COVID-19 prior to being released in the United States of America. Now, like I said, she's been a border bunny, right? She's been down to the border a couple of times. She's spoken about the border. She spoke about the border during Save America rally. Definitely something on her radar, okay? 
but uh, again, here, trying to pass a bill to require illegals, migrants, to get vaccinated if they're released into the country. I'm sure there's a lot of fine points in there that the federal government did not agree with. Needless to say, the Democrats of Iowa blocked that bill, or I apologize, the Democrats of Capitol Hill blocked that bill. They did not allow it to move forward. There ain't no way we're going to be testing illegals because then we have to admit that we're releasing them. Oh, they were on to Marionette. Let's see what she had to say about it. Traveled to the U.S.-Mexico border twice this year on both questions so we can take up the bill H.R. 1897, the REACT Act. My common sense legislation would require the Department of Homeland Security to test all migrants illegally crossing our border who they plan to release into our communities and they should be tested for COVID-19. I have traveled to the U.S.-Mexico border twice this year. On both trips, I have spoken with the brave men and women serving in Customs and Border Protection and also the physicians who are stationed there. I saw the crisis they are facing firsthand. I believe that it is our congressional responsibility to address this crisis and support our officers. Earlier this month, the DHS Office of Inspector General called for the department to improve COVID-19 detection and prevention measures at the U.S.-Mexico border amid record-setting migrant arrivals. I even inquired of Secretary Mayorkas in a hearing whether or not testing was being done, and he alluded and gave the illusion that there was testing. However, to quote directly from the report, CBP does not conduct COVID-19 testing for migrants who enter CBP custody and is not required to do so. The report further noted, further stated that we recommend DHS reassess its COVID-19 response framework to identify areas for improvement to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 while balancing its primary mission of securing the border. Currently, everyone legally entering the United States by plane is required to display a negative test for COVID-19. Why aren't we requiring this of those who come here illegally? Numerous public health officials, and I am one, have stated that the failure of the U.S. authorities to test adult migrants for the coronavirus in jam-packed border processing centers is creating a potential for new transmissions, including among migrants who may have arrived healthy at America's door. The administration has correctly recognized the need to test individuals arriving from Afghanistan, and not only are they tested, they are vaccinated for COVID-19 and other childhood illnesses. But it does not seem to understand the importance of doing the same to those crossing our border illegally. In August, more than 208,000 migrants were encountered along the southwest border. This means each day, approximately 6,700 individuals were encountered. To put this in perspective, President Obama's Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, stated in his tenure that 1,000 apprehensions a day was considered a bad day. We are at more than six times that now, and on top of that, we continue to face a global pandemic. I applaud the work being done by the CBP agents and officers working around the clock to keep this country safe and healthy. I will also do whatever I can to support their work. We recently watched a debacle unfold in Del Rio, Texas, where we have learned that DHS did not test any of approximately 15,000 migrants who camped out under the Del Rio Bridge, many of whom came from South America, where they're experiencing the Lambda variant. We now know that around 12,000 of these individuals were released into the United States. Right now, the majority is preparing a reckless 
multi-trillion dollar tax and spend package. None of the money in that legislation would go to CBP, despite the DHS Inspector General clearly stating that CBP officials do not have the necessary resources to conduct testing. If the majority already wants to spend trillions upon trillions, why not include money to support CBP and testing for COVID-19? The current lack of testing at our border is completely unacceptable and irresponsible. It puts the health and safety of CBP, border communities, migrants, and all Americans at risk. The current lack of testing is unacceptable. And for this reason, I urge my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to support my legislation, the REACT Act, by voting no on the previous question. Thank you. I yield back my time. Marionette yields back her time. I see that's what I'm talking about. And and I I really uh I really like the verve of uh what we're hearing in the chat room if you're uh, joining us over at uh pill.net or the foxhole.app. I'm telling you, uh trust but verify or don't trust at all but verify indeed. <laughs> you know. Seriously, though, seriously, and uh, I definitely, uh, I can definitely uh, take to heart what uh, some of the friends are saying here. Uh, let me see what we got. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? Okay, five by five. Excellent. Uh, yeah, they will be on the Trump train election uh, season. Sorry, Shanjo, that was your comment there, and it is just moved away from me. Okay, here we go again. Uh, they will be all. Uh, they will all be on the Trump train election season starting a hundred percent. Yes, she did speak at the rally Saturday, and uh, that was uh, a, it was a, it was a fi- it was a far fiery speech, and I was expecting from her. Uh, PN again of Iowa says all reasons why she will not be getting my vote again unless she changes her ways and starts speaking the truth. Uh, we saw some uh, Charlie uh, C- uh, Charlie Victor uh, Bravo Sierra comments in the chat because again, like that was at the head of it, and uh, here you go. And oh, and then uh, did you catch that PN about uh, what she said, or was that uh, who was who was it that said it? Who said it? Who said it? I think it was PN um, about uh, her um, her vaccine sales speech. Remember, you guys, we just watched it. She didn't say you have the right to choose whether or not you're going to get a vaccine. She said you have the right to choose which vaccine you want. And and this here, right here, honestly, I understand the importance of this type of legislation, even even if it is a a planned pandemic, right, from a genuinely manufactured disease. Um, It's almost like she's selling the uh, she's selling the test kits. Yeah. You know, like, come on, Marionette, get with it. I mean, if she is a doctor, as well as a United States representative, I would, I would have a double expectation of the quality of, uh, you know, um, um, inspection, research, understanding, everything. Like, I would expect it to be double that of a doctor or double that of a politician. As someone in the field and, you know, uh, at least slightly familiar with the material, I would expect her to have worked even harder, three times as much as any old politician or any old doctor at really trying to get to the bottom of what is going on with this planned pandemic and this genuinely manufactured disease. 
if I were a doctor and a state representative, that's the way I would be. I'd be like, oh boy, I really need to dig in. A lot of people are looking up to me. Uh, but I mean, for what it was, of course, one can appreciate that bill. Someone had to do it. Probably wouldn't look as um, awkward if it weren't someone who is a doctor or a medical professional. Uh, someone mentioned in the chat that she may have uh, opposed uh, the um, military mandatory vaccine. So that's something I need to look up because I did look, I was looking for articles that gave any kind of indication about what she thought about COVID-19 or the vaccines at today's point in time, uh, but could not find it. So I'll look for that one in regards to the military. That might be interesting to see. And uh, let's see what else we got here today. Cool. Glad to provide you with the intel, Mrs. Uh, Pian over there. Very important for you, particularly because you are of um, relation to uh, Miller Meeks's home state. <laughs> Sean Joe, Wendy Rogers, Miller Meeks, starting to see your type, Mr. C. <laughs> oh, I'm just a regular old Justin Trudeau. Oh, wait, is it Justin Trudeau? I... <laughs> oh, yeah, you know me, mommy syndrome. That explains a lot about me, right? Yeah. I'm a regular old buster from Arrested Development, aren't I? Oh, we're just blowing right through nap time, aren't we? <laughs> Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Okay. think we can move on from there. We're approaching our final stories for tonight. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, our Cloaked Unseen, good evening, sir. Good to see you in the chat. Mikey Be Bad 13 good evening. Seize the day 9-11. Why are these tens of thousands of people they tested on? Where are these tens of thousands? Good question. See, these are the kind of questions we need to be asking. Maybe I should take a survey. Maybe I should just go knock on every door in my apartment complex and be like, did you get the vaccine? Did you get it? Did you get it? Uh, and then, and then, uh, and then by that random sampling of Americans, maybe I can figure out what the actual percentage rate is. I don't know. I'm just playing. They'd probably be like, uh, don't you live down the, the block? <laughs> Goodness. Two in the pink. Good evening. How you doing, Sean Joe? Thank you for the cookie. Awesomeness. That was at, uh, was at whiskey blue. Good evening, sir. Lurk away. Enjoy yourself. Don't work too hard. Glad to have you with us, friend. Fact Finder, good to see you again. Saw you a little bit earlier today. Welcome back. Welcome in. Queen Peckerwood, a lot of great names out there in the chat room today, I must say. I must say. All right. So that uh, I think we'll, we'll close the book on Marionette Miller-Meeks for tonight. Uh, probably got more airtime on this show than she will any other place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these interesting characters. Love to talk about them. Here's an interesting set of characters. You guys ever seen these? Uh, the face of these people before? Yeah, that is uh, Idaho Governor. His name's Governor Little. And uh, Lieutenant Governor Geechen. And these two are at odds, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this is kind of like one of those awkward kinds of odds. Now, I, I would absolutely and do absolutely um, think that uh, what Lieutenant Governor 
Geechin is trying, Mick Geechin, sorry, her name is Mick Geechin with a Mick. Mick, not French fries, but it is Mick Geechin. Um, I, I'm totally with her. I'm like, dang, this girl's doing what she shouldn't be doing. She's doing what Dan Patrick in the state of Texas should be doing as lieutenant governor. Even though uh, him and Abbott are pretty much riding side by side at the moment. Um, she's, she's taken some bold steps. I, I think it's almost at the detriment of her own position though. Uh, because here we see that, uh, Senate, uh, Lieutenant Governor McGeechan over there in Idaho has, um, taken some steps and tried to introduce some laws by way of executive, um, while the governor is out of the state visiting, touring, whatever it is he's doing. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting story. And I'm on, I'm on the Lieutenant uh, governor side of this, you know, but um, I, I have to question and, and, you know, this is just an outsider looking out question uh, about the tactic here. Cause it's almost like she's being a, um, an activist Lieutenant governor, you know, she's, she's being bad. She's pushing the envelope. She's taking risks. She's uh, she she's um, you know, she's asking for uh, she's asking for apology instead of permission. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? And I like I I've, I'm a firm believer that one should ask for an apology rather than ask for permission. I mean, as long as it's not rude. Some people might consider this rude. I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Governor Little leaves the state of Idaho. Could be a three, four, one day you know, uh, adventure out into wherever he's going. And while he's doing that, little Lieutenant Governor McGeechan goes in there and slips in an executive order. Effective immediately. Businesses and schools cannot mandate a vaccine. Go, Lieutenant Governor McGeechan. Heck yeah. And then you got uh, the governor there going on national TV saying, um, constituents of Idaho, um, when I return to Idaho, I will undo <laughs> the new order that Lieutenant Governor McGeechan put in. She's done this to him twice already. Okay, and it tickles me. But uh, I would just be like, hopefully it does not make the movement look a little unstable. <laughs> or a little, you know, quick to draw. Yeah. We got a report. All right. Uh, I could only find this story on, uh, you know, enemy uh, enemy uh, broadcasts, just so you know. Uh, they're loving this story. Making us look like uh, crazy yahoos out here in uh, constitutional Republican Republic land. Not Republican, Republic. Uh, here is a report from the much-loathed Communist News Network. In Idaho, an extraordinary public feud between the state's two top leaders took a bizarre turn this week. When Governor Brad Little briefly left the state on Tuesday, the Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan went rogue and issued an executive order involving COVID vaccines. But that's not all. She also attempted to activate the National Guard and send troops to the U.S.-Mexico border. Dan Simon is in Boise with the story. The latest dust up between Idaho's Republican Governor Brad Little and its Republican Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan happened this week when Little went to Texas. 
and it's time for the Biden administration to wake up. To stand with Governor Greg Abbott and others to blast the Biden administration's handling of the southern border. My fellow Idahoans. While Little is considered a strong conservative but more mainstream, McGeehan, elected separately, is aligned with the far right wing of the party, seen last year holding a gun and a Bible in a video that criticized coronavirus restrictions. We recognize that all of us are by nature free and equal. She's running for the top job next year, presumably against Little. And in a bold move, citing a clause in the state constitution, used his absence to seize temporary control of the state and issue a controversial executive order banning schools from mandating COVID-19 vaccines. She made a similar move months earlier, banning masks in public buildings, while Little attended a Republican conference in Tennessee. McGeehan also inquired about mobilizing the Idaho National Guard and sending troops to the Mexican border. All these actions later rescinded by Governor Little. Our Constitution states that when the governor leaves the state, all duties that, that apply to the office of the governor then fall to the lieutenant governor. Who has the power? Little has never mandated masks, but has allowed counties and schools to make their own decisions. On vaccines, he's banned state officials from requiring proof of COVID vaccinations. But he didn't specifically call out schools. McGeehan tweeting that her executive order fixed that. We caught up with McGeehan outside her office. But you know what you're doing. You're running for governor. And when he leaves town, you're issuing these these orders. You're undermining what he's doing when you're doing this. You know, I, you, you're, I'm not going to talk anymore to an activist. I'm, if you're asking me fair questions as a reporter, then that's fine. But if you're well, going to be an activist, I'm, I'm... I'm not being an activist. But what do you say to your critics who say that this is absurd? Again, you're being an activist. I am not anti-vax. I am not anti-testing of COVID. We know a lot of people that are suffering from this right now, but I am very much against having it be a mandate in our state. And that's what this is all about. People should not be forced to decide. To he never mandated anything. The governor okay. never mandated anything. Interview's over. For his part, Governor Little has been very quiet on the matter with one of his aides saying he's trying to rise above the political noise. Governor, uh, your reaction to the actions by your lieutenant governor? We have to, we got to go, Governor. All right. Just give yeah, us a brief statement about, we'll, we'll about take it. Care of it. think it's political? <laughs> it could be political. We've had uh, Republican governors and Democrat lieutenant governors. They work it out. Jim Jones is the former chief justice of the Idaho Supreme Court. His assessment, blunt. This is the only uh, lieutenant governor that I can recall that has acted like an idiot. Governor Little has made the argument that it's a mischaracterization of the Idaho Constitution to say that any time he leaves the state, that the lieutenant governor would automatically take over. And he got a supporting opinion from the Idaho Attorney General's office. Nonetheless, the AG said it was a close legal question. Ultimately, it would need to be resolved in the courts. John? All right, Dan Simon, quite a story. Thank you. What do you think about that, guys? I like it. Honestly, I mean, you, you know, the cautious side says uh, we already have enough working against us. We, we don't need to have this like cloud of uh, scrutiny uh, in regards to mental stability. But no, I mean, if you think about it, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you guys liked it out there too. She's, uh, she's challenging him a as a gubernatorial candidate. 
letting the people know, look, if he's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say that I liked some of what you guys were saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know she, uh, she, she, uh, <laughs> activated the national guard. He's like, I can't go out of town for two days without you calling in the armed forces. What the heck are you doing? I can't even imagine what their closed door conversations are like. Uh, I'm sure they're very passionate, you know, but, um, uh, funny, funny as hell. I, I just about fell off my seat on that uh, national guard bit. Uh, it's good stuff, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Sean Joe says she will be the next governor <laughs> along with uh, it's kind of like a wife trying to get you to stay home. Like when the wife's trying to give you hints about what you should be doing or what you're doing wrong. right? <laughs> She's like, well, you won't listen to me when we're in conference. So when you leave town, you better believe I'm going to make this move. And then of course there's her, uh, calling uh, the communist news network activists, right? They could ask that question differently. They don't have to make it sound like there's so many critics who disapprove of you. They could just say, well, what would you say to people who don't agree with you? Not, what do you say to all of the critics out there that just think this is absurd? Yeah, it's kind of leading without, uh, you know, without uh, being too obvious, I guess you could say. But uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see how that story develops. There she is right there. Gov Governor, oh, Governor McGeehan. I called her Geechin. Governor McGeehan, Janice McGeehan, opposing Governor Little of Idaho. I don't know, Bible and that gunshot, man. Let me tell you what. Okay. All right, we're uh, near the end of the broadcast. Here's uh, one more story. This one's about uh, funding the police. Is that not a good note to hear, right? In this uh, crazy and polarized climate that we are experiencing today that is otherwise known as upside down land, where we don't need police unless we need them. <laughs> We got uh, so many cries to defund the police. It appears now, this was from a Breitbart article, that um, <clears throat> many of the cities that once defunded the police have quietly, quietly restored funding for said agency. Uh, many cities that cut police department funding during the height of the anti-police activism in 2020 are quietly restoring the funds and in some cases, handing out bonuses to keep officers on the payroll. Maybe we should have kept this story hush-hush, right? So this way, no uh, left-leaning liberal uh, SJWs out there will uh, catch on to the con, right? You said you would defund the police and then you went and you gave them back the money right? You know they'll do it. Now, the New York Times reported that an additional $200 million has been allocated to the New York Police Department, and a 3% boost or raise was given to the Los Angeles force. Moreover, interesting enough, they uh, mention Austin, Texas in here. Austin, Texas cut police funding in the late summer of 2020, and apparently they have restored funding and then some. 
Now, uh, that's not to stop them from trying to defund them yet again. Um, well, actually, uh, I guess um, the, the semantic, the semantically correct way of saying it would be, or actually just the accurate way, uh, that they're trying to prevent them from getting funds. Because right now, Proposition A over in Austin, Texas, for that city election does have a measure, a proposition that is regarding police funding. Now, uh, we talked about this a little bit on Lone Star News this past weekend, but Proposition A, guys, which would fund the police in Austin, Texas, in Travis County, which would ensure that, that there was a minimum of officers um, on duty and in the, uh, you know, the, in the uh, roster pay scale, pay, pay, pay rate, whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, that, 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 that would be uh, there. And also that there would be money for funding and training and other things that would uh, boost up the police force in Austin, Texas, Travis County, which has been bleeding several officers per month. A lot like a, somewhere around a dozen. And yet Proposition A, which would give all of that funding to those who serve and protect, those who are first responders, those who are there to help the community, is being opposed in Travis County, Austin, Texas, by City Mayor Adler, the chief of police in Austin, Texas, Chacon, that's his name, and uh, also the uh, Firemen's Association in Austin, Texas, all of them opposing a proposition that would fund that department. Quite mind-boggling. Oh, and did I mention George Soros also threw $500,000 into defeating Proposition A? If you don't believe me, just go watch Lone Star News. That's where all the receipts are. But uh, on August 13th, apparently, according to the Texas Tribune, the Austin City Council did vote to cut their funding. And now they've restored it, and now they're trying to prevent further restoration. Activists, local politicians, and families of those killed by the police held a rally in City Hall in New York City uh, to demand, demand that the New York City Council voted against a budget that did not make enough cuts to the police department in June of 2021. And that's why they've done this quietly, because they recognize the need... And I don't know when, I don't know when the, uh, the alignment of, uh, of actual real world necessities and the kind of lifestyle these people who want to defund police meets, you know, with this uh, daydream that they exist on, that uh, police kill more minorities than any other type of entity in the world, which is totally false. And uh, that uh, they're all racist, bigoted, and uh, homophobic. I don't know. I've met plenty of police officers in my time. And, uh, you know, I got along with some of them just fine. I back the blue here, just like most of our audience out there. But anyway, so we have some cities, uh, Los Angeles, uh, you know, New York, Austin, Texas, uh, refunding the police, right? Reparations to the police for the last, what, two years of abuse, that they had to put up with at the hands of uh, city and state legislators. Apparently in Dallas, Mayor Eric Johnson wants to do two things. He wants to, one, restore police funding, and two, 
add more officers to the department, uh, could there be any less or more a noble cause? I'd say there could be, but uh, that's pretty noble for a Dallas city mayor. Good for him. So uh, that's a good note. That's a good note. I think, you know, as we uh, close down tonight's sea report, we've got one last story for the road. This one should be interesting, at least to uh, anyone watching over in the state of Washington. <laughs> hey, Washington, I already lived through this. I already lived through this. And, uh, well, the thing about it is uh, what I experienced in uh, my own personal, um, you know, uh, lifetime uh, where this matter is concerned is it was done in a city ordinance. But the state of Washington wants to make this a statewide issue. And here we're talking about uh, a plastic bag ban. A plastic bag ban on the citizens of Oregon. I mean, Oregon, sorry, Washington. They're pretty close, right? They're pretty close. So here's the deal. In Washington state, a plastic single-use bag ban has gone into effect. And that could provide penalties of up to $250 if you violate this bag ban. Here's how the story goes. A ban on single-use plastic bags across Washington state intended to encourage customers of retailers, markets, and grocery stores to use their own reusable bags went into effect on October one. And the ban, uh, the ban passed the state Senate in March of 2019, and it was originally scheduled to begin at the beginning of 2021, but it was delayed due to supply chain issues. Then finally, on July 13th, Governor Jay Inslee rescinded the proclamation and set the single-use plastic bag ban effective date as of the 1st of October. Right. Been through this, ladies and gentlemen. Been through it. Uh, anytime someone complained about I always told them they had a chance to either vote or call their representative about it, at which point they would stop complaining. <laughs> but um, The measure prohibits single-use plastic bags in all retail and grocery stores, restaurants, takeout establishments, festivals, and markets. That's right. Now you have to either bring your own bags or they will charge you to use a bag. They'll sell you a bag. It's kind of like the stupid mask thing. At least they were better prepared for the bag ban thing in my neck of the woods. Uh, but um, yeah, they'll charge you for it. They will charge you for, they will charge you to buy a recycled plastic bag. That's right. So you still get your plastic bag, but it's reusable and it's recycled. That makes it all the better. Now, um, the stores are allowed to offer different types of bags, such as recycled uh, content paper, wheat straw paper, reusable plastic bags. Contradiction. Uh, apparently, in the state of Washington, they'll only have to pay eight cents if they want to get a reusable plastic bag. I don't think that's going to stand for the entire state. Uh, certainly, I'm sure certain businesses will take it upon themselves to... Uh, manufacture their own reusable plastic bags and charge whatever price they want to. I don't think 
at least uh, according to this um, bill, that uh, that's a standard across the board mandatory fee to charge for a reusable plastic bag. Oh, the tyranny of Washington state. It only gets worse, doesn't it? The entire state now succumbs to this. Members of the public will be able to inform authorities of any businesses that do not cooperate with the ban via an online reporting hotline or form. Businesses who repeatedly fail to comply with the ban also face penalties of up $250. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, in the state of Texas, in the um, municipality of Austin, in the county of Travis, the bag ban was defeated after over a year to two years of harsh enforcement, and it was repealed due to a constitutional violation. So if you're over there in the state of Washington and you are concerned that you are going to forget your reusable bags every time you go shopping, thereby forcing you to take your $300 basket of groceries out to the car unbagged and to bag it yourself out in the car in the heat while you're sweating, you might want to start looking into that constitutional violation. Because let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, I forgot my reusable bags every single time. And that takes care of tonight's C-Report for you guys tonight. Thank you all for hanging out. Appreciate the company. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Hope it was uh, um, a little uh, a little informative and a little entertaining. Otherwise, well, I did everything I could. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, we were on early today, just as a, you know, a quick howdy-do-hello tomorrow. I don't know. I'm, I'm working on um, new... Uh, how would you say? I'm working on new um, recipes for uh, the show that is the C-Report. Uh, indeed, every show here at Mr. CTV at the Mr. C channel, you know, the C-Report, Monday through Friday, five days a week. Mr. C in the dark, two days a week, Friday and Saturday at midnight. Lone Star News, one day a week on the weekends. Ah, we'll see, because we also have international news lurking around in there somewhere. Uh, thanks again, all of you guys who uh, hung out today. Sean, Joe, Aurelius Locks, me, 17. Good to see you, bro. Had seen you in there. The speak uneasy. Keeps on going and about, he keeps on going on about his girlfriend. I guess, I guess her name's Roberta. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> JK, two in the pink, Queen Peckerwood. Uh, let me see who else we got here. One, two, three, SKG. Um, thank you all again for tuning in tonight. PN, great, uh, great having your insights as part of tonight's show. Thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Releasing the scratching, Mermaid Miss K, good to see you. Jo uh, Just V, I'm sure you're still out there. And uh, our cloaked unseen, we had uh, uh, Omazon. Sorry, I, I didn't, uh, the name got away from me. The uh, chat box moved. Where'd that go? Let me get this one name right before I say goodbye, because <laughs> I haven't seen this name in the chat. Uh, where did it go? You disappeared. You disappeared. I don't know where you went. All right. Well, I guess we'll catch up with you. Mr. Bilbo. Yes. Curious cat. Great to see you. Okay, guys. All right. We'll be back tomorrow at some point in time. Don't forget to check us out over at thecreport.com going to keep on developing that site, trying to make it better. You know, we'll get there. And then of course, always, if you uh, have the chance, 
check us out at our podcast, anchor.fm slash the C report, where you can get all of the C uh, report and Lone Star news episodes in podcast format. It supports the show. You can also uh, check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms. We should be there. Just subscribe and follow. It's free. Spread the news about the C-Report. Let us know what you think. Tell your friends or family. If you like an episode, get it out there. All right, guys, that does it. And with that said, as always and as forever, be safe and be blessed. And God bless America. We will see you tomorrow.